On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, we'll talk about why Saturday's loss to Boston, a three-point loss down to the wire, was more than just an L in the L column. We'll explain what we mean by that when we come back and get things started right here at Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepix.com, promo code locked on. What's good, D? Oh, man, the start of a new week, man. Uh, start of a new week. All is good. All is good. Yeah, it is. You tired? Yeah. You're tired. <laughs> start of a week. How are you going to be tired to start, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we got a busy week, man. We got games taking us through, what, Saturday? Four games this week. Yeah. Starting with Miami tonight. So, yeah, I, I can see where things might get a little tiring, especially after an exhausting game that was on Saturday night, which we're going to talk about. But before we get started, we want to welcome everybody. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia. That is Keith Pompey from TheInquire.com, Sixers beat writer extraordinaire that he is. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, a three-point loss and a thriller on Saturday night at the center in South Philadelphia, 110-107, courtesy of Jalen Jason Tatum's three-pointer, leaving the Sixers with just 1.3 seconds left on the clock after a, uh, a timeout by Boston to draw up the play, leaves the Sixers with a gut-wrenching loss in that one on uh, Saturday, snapping a five-game win streak. We'll get into that, start with that one, and talk about why the L in the L column means more than just that one loss in the column. We'll also get into a little bit later, once again, because it reared its ugly head again on Saturday. And that was the Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton angle of this whole thing when it comes to the rotation and the starting role and roles in general for Doc Rivers' team. And finally, we'll step into the Miami Heat who visit Philadelphia tonight as the first game of the home-and-home home Sixers in Miami on Wednesday. All right, Keith, you were there. I was there. Uh, so were 20-plus thousand people in that building, and it was electric, man. Sixers up by as much as 15 points. Looked like they were finally going to do it. It's never one of those, okay, they're going to do it because they're up 15. It just looked like they had a different pep to their step in the game. But as we know Boston can do, and like we've seen the Sixers do against other good teams, Boston came back. They eventually won by three. It was a controversial play at the end, not because Jason Tatum made the shot, but more of the defensive change that was made there to uh, with the substitutions after the timeout. DeAnthony Melton on Tatum in the backcourt. They give him the ball and had a running start. Pardon me, off of uh, Marcus Smart having a running start from that backcourt, dropping the ball off to him. He did a step back, made the shot from the top of the key. Tough shot, but you're talking about an all-star player, an MVP candidate, and Jason Tatum that can certainly do so. Uh, but first and foremost, man, um, what did you make of the game? 
Uh, what did you make of that play? What did you make of the defensive change where Jason Tatum was pretty, you know, off in that game? And a lot of that was due to Tobias Harris and his defense, a little bit of Jalen McDaniels when he was in the game. And uh, he, he got the ball at the end, ended up with 18 points, hitting the game winner for them. So what did you make of the Saturday, Saturday's game? What really stood out to you and why uh, why this was more than just an L in the loss column? You know, I mean, you know, listening to you talk, it basically, uh, it, you know, I, I think it's one of those things. So many things went wrong in this game, yes, two days ago. I mean, so many things. I mean, the fact that you pointed out Tobias Harris did a really good job on Jason Tatum. And the fact that they felt like in that particular moment with the game on the line, you're going to go with a guy who's seven inches shorter than him and pit him a DeAnthony Melton talking about on who's six two going up against a six nine Jason Tatum. And you thought that he was going to be able to make a stop when Tobias Harris was making this guy work, right? You know, to me, that like stood at one of the things that stood out. Secondly, I mean, for the Sixers, I think they would have been better off losing by 10 points as opposed to three points. Because when you think of the three points and you talked about this whole thing being electric, it camouflaged a lot of stuff. It gave false hope. The, you know, before we talked about it, you know, you grew up, you, you come from a basketball family, you know, your cousins, um, you know, your, your one cousin plays in the NBA. I mean, y'all are basketball people. You know that when you're watching a game, when one team, no matter what the score is like, they're imposing their will. They're doing, they're not running plays. They're just beating the team. And that's what we saw. I mean, you saw Boston basically having its way with the 76ers. They were picking out people like, oh, George Niang's in the game. We're going we're gonna to go after him. Oh, right. oh, oh they're going to bring Shake Milton in here. Oh, okay. Uh, DeAnthony. Oh, 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 Maxie. It was kind of like, it was like Roxborough playing, <laughs> um, you know, paying, playing like some suburban school that you never even heard of. But your coach is like, look, we got to play somebody else the next, the next game and they may be in the stands. So we ain't running no plays. We ain't giving them nothing to scout. We just going to go out there and beat them because we got better players. And to me, that's what it was all about. So when I saw that stuff, yes, I saw that it was ended up a three-point game, but there was nothing in my mind that let me say that the Sixers are on the level as the Boston Celtics. Nothing. They, they stopped going to Tobias. There was times where James was over-dribbling. You know, Joel, he only had three turnovers, but some of those turnovers came at the wrong time. You know, it just, to me, it was just Boston's a better team, and the Sixers just don't seem to be on that level. And just for, for the record, uh, playing for Roxborough like I did for all, all my years in school, we did beat some of those teams, so it's okay. Um, no, what I mean is I'm well, I, was, about, I, I know what no, you meant. I'm not talking about – I'm not talking about – I'm not talking about – I'm not being a knock at Roxborough saying, okay, y'all playing Gratz when Gratz was all that. Yeah. What I mean is I'm talking about y'all playing a team that you know that y'all can beat. Yeah. And it was kind of like one of those things where your coach was like, 
yo, we're not running our plays today. Yeah. No, yeah. Just we're, not, we're not gonna show anything. Yeah. We ain't gonna show anything. Yeah, we're gonna be real vanilla. Yep. 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 So a couple of things for me. Uh, one of them being that w- what we mean by the whole L thing, uh, just down 0-2 in the series already and losing in two different fashions, losing in the opener in Boston, and it was 129, 117, one something like that for the opener. Then they lose 106-99 in that second game with the reserves playing and doing their business against the Sixers. Jason Tatum off again in that game. Jalen Brown breaks his you know, facial fracture. He had to leave the game early, and then you were already without Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Robert Williams. So Grant Williams, Blake Griffin, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, they beat you. Sam Hauser hitting a couple of shots in that when they beat you. So the Celtics have already shown that they can beat the Sixers, and they're always confident on the floor and with any lineup that is out there, even if their star players are not having their way like we've seen those guys have. And I, I I bring that up because what it means is the Sixers are good enough, Keith, and I think I'm sure you agree with me, and like the listeners and the viewers, that the Sixers are good enough to be a team in the top four as we wind things down. Even with the rough schedule that they have, they have a chance to be in the top four. So at some point, they're going to have to play Boston and or Milwaukee in the playoffs. And while we haven't seen Milwaukee a, a bunch yet this season, we'll see them a few more times throughout the rest of the schedule here with the 23 games that they have on the schedule, Boston has already shown that, again, that they're not afraid of the Sixers. And with that game last night, even if the Sixers would have won, who knows, Boston will probably still feel very confident. However, for the mental side of things for the Philadelphia 76ers against the Boston Celtics, they needed that one last night. And I, I understand Doc Rivers pointed out pregame, hey, this is just a regular season game. It doesn't mean much when it really counts in the playoffs but if we were to look at a seven game series i I, people will probably look at it's the Sixers and say you know what they're only going to win one game and they're not going to win a lot of games in the series it's not going to be a tough out for the for the boston celtics and that's why saturday night was important so now you're trailing in the series three nothing with one game to play you already lost the season series if there was a tiebreaker you lose it because they have already taken that there were a lot of variables that went into this one for the mental side the standings issues, the percentages and all that comes with it if there was a tiebreaker. And then in the end, if you got to the playoffs, I don't think a win late in April is going to do anything to help you change how Boston feels about you if they see you in the seven-game series. By the way, that would start in Boston. So that's why that meant more than just a typical L in the loss column. It meant a lot in terms of the mental part and what this team will have to overcome to beat this Boston Celtics team. It's not the end of the world, but it was certainly something to play off of after beating Memphis the way you did on Thursday, riding a five-game winning streak, getting this one, knowing you had to go on a road against some tough opponents. Also, this one was a tough one for the Sixers to drop. That's that's pretty much where, where it is uh, for this team after that mm-hmm. loss. And can I add something? Like, cause I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was in the in the in the uh I was in the um the media room when Doc made that comment, like, oh, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. When I heard that, I said, Oh wow, he doesn't think they can win. Right. I, I mean, that that was my initial re- reaction. If, if he believes that they could win or not, I mean, that was my reaction because typically we've been in there when Doc's like, Yeah, we know we could beat this team or something like that. 
And when he said that, it was kind of like I took it like this guy softened the blow because he knows that the people in the city are going to be upset if they lose this game. This is a rivalry game. This is a statement game. And if they lose it, it's just one of 82 on the schedule. Nah, bro. This was like the number one team. Y'all were like one of the hottest teams in the NBA. So when he said that, honestly, I was like, yo, he think they're going to lose. Like he doesn't, he doesn't think they can win. So to, to me, that was, that was like, I mean, we saw it. Like they didn't look like they were the better team, you know? Yeah, they did for a little bit. And then Boston came back, punched at him. The Sixers countered with a punch and took a lead again uh, into that, into that, uh, that third quarter. But then once again, and they had some some dynamic plays. You saw the shot that Joel made. You saw Ty- Tyrese Max, who had an off night, but he had a big basket there in, late in the fourth quarter to to be able to put the put them in front. And you know, so many things. Joel was tremendous. He he was really good. I thought he hit a tough baseline j- turnaround jumper to cut the lead to one. But then I also thought he followed that one up by getting too caught in the moment of being a franchise player, where he had a couple of people running at him and he forced a shot. Uh, down our end of the floor, Keith, and I thought he should have passed the ball off. And uh, you mentioned Tobias Harris not touching the ball uh, only four times in the second half after having a very good first half with his defensive play on Jason Tatum and others for the 76ers. Just a tough loss uh, for the Sixers on on Saturday. But it doesn't stop there. The Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton part is also a big part of the conversation, Keith, here, not just for Melton's defense on Tatum at the end, but also because he seems to be struggling on the offensive end and it has been carrying over from game to game. We'll talk about their dynamic, what needs to happen. Yes, we're bringing it up again because Maxie only had eight points off the bench in a game that they needed more from him in that type of environment. We'll get into that next right here, Locked On 76ers. Let's talk about prize picks, right? Tonight, I'm taking Luka Donich to score more than 26.5 points. LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant to have less than 6.5 assists. And Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointers made, right? You know, what the thing about it is, the thing that I love about prize picks and the thing I love about this format is because what you do is you take certain players and when you were playing, you're, you're basically betting against a projection. And it's just you and the projection is not you and, and someone else. And the good part is you can pick anywhere from two to six players. And it's like I said, it's all about will they score more or less than the prize pick projection. So that's what I like. I also like that you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against the other people. Like I said, it's just you and the projections. So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. I mean, it's very easy. Is safe and fast withdrawals. And what you do is you download the Prize Pick app or you go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't let don't, I mean don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit matchup for a hundred dollars. I'm telling you, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. 
Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. 23 games left on the season. And Keith, it seems like when you make a change at some point during the campaign, you have some things figured out. Doc Rivers and the staff decided to keep De'Anthony Melton in the starting lineup, bring Tyrese Maxey for some punch offensively off the bench. And um, while we look at the defense from De'Anthony Melton, you alluded to it in the first segment. He's been get, they've been going at him quite a bit uh, in these last few games and also being very productive. They're having some positive results in these games against De'Anthony Melton. Doesn't mean he's not a good off defensive player. Just means that it's not working at the moment where he's shutting guys down uh, opposite him for his assignment that night. What what has to happen here, man? Eight points from Maxi. I think De'Anthony Melton hit two threes there in the third quarter. And as you and I, it was funny because we were walking out of the media room right at, as third quarter was starting, and he had an opportunity for an open shot, and he missed it. And I looked at you, and I'm like, he gotta make, he's got to make that shot. He has to make that shot uh, as we were walking back to our seats. And uh, he did make a couple of more uh, as we were walking to our seats. It just so happens that the length of the walk-in plays happening. Uh, of course, some points are going to be scored. But Keith, the offensive production from DeAnthony Melton, coupled with the fact that his his defense has not been as sharp as it was in the uh, you know when they were having when he was out there showing his worth that way as a two way player, and then Maxi is so up and down right now as an offensive player. I don't know if it's because he's not getting the ball enough, if it's because he's coming off the bench, and that's affecting how he's doing things with that second unit even though one starter is oftentimes on the floor with him, Tobias Harris. what hap- Something has to give here, Keith. What is it? You know, it's one of those things, and, and, and believe me, I get it, and I wrote about this in yesterday's paper, um, yesterday's inquiry. I still think that uh, Maxi has to come off the bench. Mm. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is if, unless, un, un, unless you got somebody else who shown that they can go out there and get buckets for for them, then then you got to keep them in that role right now. I mean, I just don't see it. Now, here's the, the problem. The, the problem is as bad as Melton is on the defensive end lately, as bad as he's been, he's better than Maxie. And we remember how bad it looked when Maxie was in that starting lineup defensively, how everything was out of kilter. Now there are now you can do some other things now. If you say that I don't want to go with Melton, Melton is struggling. Well, then maybe Jalen McDaniels. Let's see if he can go in the starting lineup and what he can do and try to flip flop him and Melton for a little bit until Melton gets his mojo back. But see, the thing about it is now, the thing about it is like if you have Maxi in that starting lineup, which is also an option. I feel like you got to think long and hard about PJ Tucker continuing to start because it's going to, you're going to need somebody out there on the perimeter. Maybe you have to probably get a three guard offense. I mean, three guard starting lineup to where you have somebody who can make some stops, right? You may have to right now. Yeah. Here, now here's the thing. If you go out there and you decide that I okay, I gotta bring Maxi in the back in the starting lineup. 
well, you better go hard and you better go hard and uh, go hard after um, a after a Will Barton. You because you need somebody who's going to be a mercenary come off the bench and get buckets. Now, here's another problem that I got to pinpoint, and I'm sorry for taking up most of the time. Yeah, go for it. But the problem yesterday was that Maxi couldn't get comfortable because they weren't because Joel wasn't passing them the ball. He was he would come in there like you said, and it's like he staggered with a starter, and he was I, I felt like he wasn't in rhythm because he's standing around watching, right? And it's like for you got to incorporate him more into it. Because it looked like it got to a point where how Tobias Harris used to look. When you get the ball and you like hurrying up and you rushing shots, you doing crazy other things. I just felt like that was really no rhythm for him until he got in the fourth quarter. I believe, what was he, like one for four shooting through three quarters? Like, you know, I mean, this is one of your leading scorers, man. So that that's where I stand on, on that whole thing. Yeah, and, and again, I, I, I never said I didn't understand the balance of it for the people who have heard me say it a number of times, keep Tyrese Maxey in the starting lineup. I get it. I understand it. But I also look at it, too. If it's not going to be, to your point, Keith, of what you're saying, uh, you're not getting a defense, number one, that you want from Melton in that lineup. Number two, he's not giving you the points. And then if you're not getting the points that you want from Maxey, he averages 20 points a game. So if you're getting eight to 10 to 12, and that's just simply not enough, offsetting that with what the opponent is getting, his his matchup, whatever it might be, is it that much worth of a risk to have that happen while he's coming off the bench instead of being in that starting role where he's more comfortable with those guys getting those shots? Now, I know Embiid's going to get his. You still got to find shots for Harris, and James Harden is going to get his. Tobias, I mean, pardon me, P.J. Tucker will just pick up the scraps whenever the ball finds him and have his opportunity, Tyrese Maxey is a scorer. And yes, he can be a scorer off the bench. For whatever reason, though, it's not working consistently enough. His 20 points on average was a 20-point point average. While he was still with those starters and figured it out that way, that's why I didn't like it then, and I still don't like it now. Um, so to your point, the Will Barton thing, I've never been the biggest Will Barton fan, but it makes sense for this team right now because, as you just talked about, there is no other scorer uh, coming off the Sixers bench. There is no other player that can really create his own and get his own going without having to rely on his teammates. Will Barton, we at least have seen in the past where that that was who he was, and we'll see if they, in fact, make a run at him. Uh, to bring him in late to to add to this group for the postseason, they have to do it by what March before March. Well, he's good though because March he was first. released before March first, right? Yeah. yeah. So so he should be good to go. But, but... now you got to sign him before March first. Okay. All right. So yeah. we only have two more today and tomorrow. They have yeah. to have him locked in before Wednesday, uh, and in order for that to happen, yeah, some tough, some some more tough decisions. And it's crazy because we're talking about one loss after they've had a five game winning streak. They're still thirty nine and twenty. They're nineteen games over five hundred still in third place. They're still in a really good spot, but one loss can tell a lot when you see things play out. As you talked about, you watching the game for so long, me watching it, our viewers, our listeners watching it for so long, understanding the game. There can be one little thing that make you really scratch your head and say, all right, this is going to be a problem later on uh, down the road when it matters for this team. So 
right, our final one, Keith, coming up here. We got to talk about the Miami Heat. Uh, they are right now fighting to stay in the top six. They're out of the top six right now, and uh, they're having their own troubles. But with that said, they're dangerous. They're dangerous enough because uh, Jimmy Butler and those guys just recently lost, and Butler simply said, I'm tired. I'm tired of losing. We need to figure this stuff out, and we need to figure it out fast. So we'll talk about them front end of a home-and-home home with the Sixers tonight at the center. We'll get into that next right here on Locked On 76ers. But I got to tell you, as we approach and just mentioning today and Tuesday, the final two days of February, we're getting into the month of March and we're getting to the spring season uh, in, the, in, in all of our lives. And if you're looking to make sure you maintain good health, you want to eat right, and uh, when sometimes you want to have a little cheat day and you have a little snack, looking for something delicious, got to be a treat, right? Well, you don't want to fall for all the fat and the calories in any particular thing that you go for. You got to try a Built Bar. And what make Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% chocolate. We all like chocolate, right? Well, real chocolate, 100%. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And as we've been telling you for so long, you have to go to built.com. Well, you can still go to built.com, but they've also made it a little bit easier if you're out there making your rounds at the local stores. And that is, you can now hit the local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. How about if you're close to Sam's Club and you need to make a quick run, you can go in and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. They have a lot for you in both of those stores. Go check them out. It's much easier. But if you still need to lean on Built.com, they are always there for you. Sam's Club, Walmart, your place to go to next. You'll thank me later. All right, welcome back. Locked on 76ers. Keith Pompey, I'm Devon Givens. All right, Keith, Sixers and the Miami Heat, a uh, two games uh, between these two teams back-to-back, -back, Monday and Wednesday in Philadelphia on Monday, in the uh, Miami Heat's arena on Wednesday. How do you look at this one, man, with this team, Miami? They, they just don't look like themselves, but they're still in the playoff mix. They still do have – all-star Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler is still there. Tyler Hero, we know he can score in bunches. How are you looking at this matchup with them? Is it more about the matchup of the Miami Heat, or is it more about the Sixers and making sure they snap out of it real quick from this loss from the Boston Celtics? I mean, right now, like, you you think on paper, this is one of those things where you say to yourself, the Sixers should get this. You know, Miami's coming in with a four-game losing streak. Um, you know, the 76ers, you know, they, they need a nice little bounce back game. You know, Miami has some players who are banged up. Um, so you, you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, the Sixers should get this. But then again, it's like you can't take them lightly, right? You just can't because, you know, Miami, like you said, the stuff that Jimmy Butler said, Miami's going to be fired up. But at the same time, and then last year, Miami was just a bad matchup for the 76ers. Now you incorporate Kevin Love in there, who, who's projected to start, right? And, you know, start at the power forward spot. So, you know, I, I think that that's going to be a formidable front line of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kevin, uh, Kevin Love, 
Then you got Tyler Hero at the two guard and Gabe Vincent, who's been a guy who, let's face it, who's had a lot of success against the 76ers. So, you know, it's one of these games where I expect the Sixers to win. I expect them to take care of business, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they lost to this Miami team who has, who's, while the Sixers are battling to be a top three team, this team is battling to not play in the play-in tournament. So it could be a tough two-game series for the Sixers starting tonight. 32 and 29 are the Miami Heat uh, losing to Milwaukee. Their first game back from the All-Star break, they got they got taken down in that one, uh, blown out by Milwaukee. And you mentioned uh, that you felt like, you know, the matchup is a tough one. I always looked at the Miami Heat and thought that this was a favorable matchup for the Sixers. And that's why when they went into the postseason in that second round, even though Miami was the number one team uh, record wise, I, I felt like uh, they 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 were in a good spot against Miami that they can advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Unfortunately, the Embiid injury played a big part into it. James Harden, those final two games didn't play well, and we know that they were uh, eliminated from the postseason. But that being said, I still do think the Sixers are a much better team. The record states that uh, they are eight games better than them in the standings right now in the East. And as you pointed out, Miami has some things to figure out. Kyle Lowry is still out with the injury. Gabe Vincent has had some career games against the Sixers. Cannot deny that. And also with Tyler Hero, what he's able to do. Um, I, I look at this one, man, and they should beat this team tonight. I don't know about Wednesday. We'll get to Wednesday when we get to Wednesday. But as far as this one against this Miami Heat team tonight, they should be angry with how things ended on Monday, uh, on, on Saturday, and take it out on this Miami Heat team tonight at the center for the end of this homestand that they are currently on. So uh, I look at this one as a game they should win a game that they will win, uh, but they cannot, again, take this team lightly. They need to be angry and show it. And if they get up on a lead, a big lead on them, hold it because of how things drop against the Boston Celtics. Show who you really are, or maybe you already did. But against this team, they need to make sure that they take care of business against this Miami Heat squad. They they are not, as the Sixers, to your point, and maybe even others last season when Miami was at the top of the conference, looking at the Sixers and saying they're not on their level, Right now, the Miami Heat are not on the Sixers level, and they need to make sure that they show it. Otherwise, of course, how it plays out, but this would be a bad loss for the team uh, tonight at the center, Keith. But we'll find out. We shall find out. That's why they tip off uh, and throw the ball up, tip off Embiid versus Adebayo on that jump and see what happens. And uh, we thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day for your, our next episode. We'll recap this game against Miami and look ahead to the next one on Wednesday for the second part of the home and home. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Hey, maybe we'll be talking about Will Barton finding his way somewhere else. Real fast, Keith, Quinn Snyder, Atlanta. It's a good move. Yeah, good luck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's luck. a good move. Uh, he got five years out the deal. He should five be, years. Yeah, yeah, five years. He'll be around. Keep, keep getting these contracts, man. Keep getting these yeah. contracts. He's a good yeah. coach, though. I like Quinn Snyder. All right. Uh, Keith, you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Like my man D said, wherever you get your podcast at, you can get this podcast. But when you go to our YouTube channel, make sure you go to our YouTube channel. You get that podcast and you and you click on the Liberty Bell and then you'll be up to alerted whenever we have a new podcast. Tonight, 
on 97.5 FM. You can listen to my man D from 6 p.m. to midnight. Now, don't feel bad for him because what he's going to do is he's going to do the 6 p.m. from 7, right? You know, going into the pregame. And then after the game, he's going to do the postgame. So don't feel bad. Like, hey, they got my man working overtime. I mean, you know, he's working. It's a but long night. Yeah, it's going a long night, but don't, you know, like, feel bad. He's going to get a little break. But uh, so also listen to D. And then also what you can do is, especially during the game, you know, follow him on Twitter. See see what he's saying, has to, what, what type of commentary he has to say and things like that at DevonG975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer, inquire.com. All right, Keith, enjoy the game tonight, man. And we'll get back together uh, tomorrow and uh, break this one down of what we saw on Monday against the Miami Heat. Thank you. Thanks to all the viewers and the listeners out there. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.